You are listening to the Heavenly Chi podcast, episode number two. Today, our guest, Dr. Peter Ferrigno, is discussing with us some of the more energetic aspects of palpation within Chinese medicine treatments. The Heavenly Chi podcast is produced every week for your enjoyment and professional development. Show notes and continuing professional development resources are found at www.heavenlychipodcast.com. You can add Heavenly Chi podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. You can also follow us on Facebook. All links are in the show notes. We hope you enjoy today's show. I'm Claire Pyers. I'm Fika Chim. And today our guest is Dr. Peter Frigno. Hi. Hi, Fee. Hi, Claire. Hi, Peter. Hi, Peter. And Peter's here to uh, discuss palpation with us. Welcome to the Heavenly Chi Podcast. Thank you very, very much to you both. We're very happy to have you with us. Thanks. Thank you. Peter is from the Three Lanterns Clinic in Melbourne. And he's also a does some teaching from time to time and he's involved in peer review of some journal articles from various publications around the world. And he is Dr. Peter Frigno. He has been awarded his PhD for his research work in Chinese medicine. So welcome, Peter. Thank you. So um, when we were discussing with Peter the topic that we might go through, he sent us this quote that lived experience is palpable. And we thought that might be a great starting point for a conversation about palpation in an acupuncture clinic. Um, yes, um, uh, that particular phrase, I can't exactly remember who said it, but I, I think it may have been an anthropologist called Margaret Long or another um, researcher called Sordis who, who, um, who have written on um, the mind-body or mind-body experience or the relationship between mind and body. Um, and that particular phrase um, really struck me because of my personal interest in the whole idea of mind and body. And that's probably one of the main reasons why I actually got into um, TCM or, or acupuncture as it was in those days. Um, just the idea of where's the link between body and mind. And um, big, uh, the other thing I should also say is that the reason why that interested me partly is because of my uh, earlier background in anthropology um, and that so much work had already been done in that field and because of my um, um, sort of exposure to that, um, it sort of was with me just in terms of all the research and work that had been done in other places around the world. And then I came across TCM, which kind of says, hey, mind and body, not separate, and I thought, well, Pete, this is really interesting that um, Chinese medicine's been saying this, but a lot of um, Western researchers at the sort of social science end were also kind of saying the same thing. Um, and, and I thought, oh, this is, this is really interesting because most people were kind of saying that, um, you know, from a biomedical point of view, that biomedicine... Uh, could only see with some one pair of eyes, so to speak, that they could only see one thing and not see the connection between mind and body. And here I am um, saying what people are doing within the social sciences who are saying, oh no, you can, and these are the ways that you can do it, and these are the ways that it's being researched. So that was a really strong starting point for me, going, well, I wonder how much um, I can 
develop that just by um, experiencing Chinese medicine and also the work that um, other people have done in the field. And um, one of the, uh, I'm just trying to think of people that have um, actually done lots of work in that that might be of interest to people, but a guy called Arthur Kleinman, um, he's probably done about 30 or 40 years of that sort of work. And um, another one, uh, a lady called Judith Harper, who actually has done that work in, in TCM, in fact. Um, she, in fact, as, an, as, as a point of interest, she observed and looked at um, practitioners working in the field, and it was actually um, the um, TCM practitioner called Deng, who she spent time, uh, quite a few years with, looking at him and how he managed the clinic and how he managed people and how he palpated, how he took pulses and so forth and looked at the link between um, um, uh, mind and body and also, which really struck me, was that how the practitioner, um, and the phrase that they often use is how they embody the ideas of TCM themselves, which then makes it easier for them to be a practitioner. It's a bit of a convoluted way of saying things, but mm. it's kind of saying if you're going to be a good practitioner, you might as well you might as well experience cheat for that matter, for instance. And if you do that, then you're going to be better able to um, uh, read yourself as well as read the other person, which then presumably makes you better at picking points, or makes you better at needling them, and makes you better at listening what you've done, points of doing in your fingertips and so forth. Yeah, I, I thought the the quote captured my attention because, I mean, I feel that. Um, lived experience that people are emitting is palpable just when you're near them and it you know just brought my awareness to how much that we get the closer and closer to their body and then we put something like our sensitive fingers onto a physical point on their body and what we pick up from them has much more detail and can go into particular stories that are located in that part of the body Um, you know that's that's sort of how that quote captured my attention so yeah, I, I fully agree with you because um, I, I'm just scribbling a few things down now. The, the idea of lived experience um, and I think other phrases that have been used to kind of um, speak around that idea is uh, what they call the lived body um, or being in the world. That's another, that's another phrase that's often often used. So they, um, and they talk around the idea of um, what it's like to be a person, what it's like to be a practitioner, what it's like to be sick when uh, you've got these kinds of symptoms, etc., and that um, that lived experience is, is then understood as uh, a narrative, meaning that the actual body, the actual body itself, and how you read the body, is actually giving you a story that you don't have to listen to through words, so that. Um, um, if you're sensitive enough to how the, the body behaves or moves or expresses itself, then that gives you um, entry into understanding the other person. And so, that, so in some senses, you don't have to um, uh, uh, question and you don't really have to spend that much time in terms of asking all those questions that you know we 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 you know learned at school, saying ask these questions because this is going to tell you A, B, C about their cheat, their blood, etc., etc. Um, the, like the flip side is listen to the other person in terms of how they behave, the way they move, the way they express things 
um, in their body movement as well as what they say and you just might get a deeper insight in terms of what the person's all about and presumably then gives you a better idea of what the heck you're going to do as a practitioner. Mm. I, the, the part that I find interesting is um, I guess that this sort of it develops with time as you're you know the longer that you're in practice you get to mm. see those links coming up and I guess um, I wonder you mentioned that you came to Chinese medicine part of what draw what drew you to Chinese medicine was that interest in the mind-body connection and you know what is chi how how has this developed for you as you've gone along in your practice have you have you noticed that um your opinion on this idea or that your experience of this has changed with time you mean in terms of the my idea of chi or my idea of I guess maybe if you can, um, just about that the phrase lived experience is palpable, how has your understanding of that idea changed with time as, oh, as you've been in practice? Oh, in, that, in that sense, um, um, I, I deliberately, when I saw that phrase, it, 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 it's, a, it's a sort of an ambiguous term uh, because it, it's, it's, it's palpable in the sense of, you know, in the, in the technical sense that you can, you know, I can, I can run up and down the body as a landscape and feel things and lumps and bumps and all that kind of stuff. Um, but at the same time, if you, uh, by trying to, uh, what's the phrase, um, understand the other, inverted commas, and that's, that's an anthropological term. Basically, um, if, because we're, um, uh, as practitioners, we're kind of participant observers, because we're, we're both observant, but we're also taking part in this whole process. Um, in taking part in that, in that process, the the experience of the of that other person is almost takes you almost to the point that I can actually touch the experience um, in the sense that I don't have to touch the person; the experience touches me. Mm. Um, and if the experience of that other person touches me, it, two things happen: it affects me in certain ways, and I need to take note of that. But for me, then that experience may indeed give me another avenue uh, in trying to understand what it is that that person's on about, why they why they come to me, and what it is that they're looking for. And that does two things. That's there's two things that are really critical there. One is that um, hopefully it makes you a better practitioner in terms of you know, that I know what to do. Um, but it also means that. Um, um, I then also get affected by the experience of others, and that's when it becomes a, a sort of, um, I don't know, a kind of a, um, uh, a building block of all sorts of things that then um, I take on in a sense that becomes knowledge to me, which then I use as a way of improving my practice with other people. Yeah, it's wonderful. Oh, it's wonderful to hear you say that because in our first episode um, we've been discussing some similar aspects of that to do with, you know, remaining empty enough so that you can discern the difference between who you were before you walked in the room and how the, the, the experience of just being present with someone is a kind of palpation and that they're going to change you and you're going to change them or you're going to... Um, kind of insert new feelings into each other in that way. Uh, And that's our practice that really develops us all over years. It's um, 
you know, as, on a personal level. Absolutely, I agree. Absolutely, it it it, um, it kind of also means that um, you know, as you kind of experience this, that um, uh, I'm just trying to think of a phrase that, that kind of um, encapsulates it for me. It's almost like as you go through, the, uh, you you have that relationship with the person that comes in, um, and you're trying to understand the the, the, the body, um, the body as it's lived lived experience of the, of the person, that as I experience that, I'm also able to um, reflect on it myself. It's almost like I've got, it's a self-conscious participation within the whole process that it's affecting me, but I'm also able to look in on myself and say, this is going on, and it, it could mean whatever, and that it affects me in terms of what I choose to do in relation to the person, and um, you know what points I might want to select, whether I might choose to do um, some kind of body work with them, whether I might choose to do body work in herbs, whatever. Mm. But it's 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 the effect that it has on me and the way I go about trying to think it through. Um, the flip side of that is that um, that um, uh, and oftentimes um, lots of practitioners have said it, and it's happened, happened and it's happened to me many times. We often leave and go home. And you go, my God, I'm just as sick as the other person that came in today because they came in with uh, back pain. Now I've got back pain now that I've, that I've gone home. <laughs> so that's a, yeah, that, that's a really common um, uh, comment that's made by lots of practitioners that, that um, it's as if they've um, something's happened and they've taken on something that belongs to another person and then they've got some of the symptoms uh, themselves, yeah. you know. So in other words, you know, be careful of someone else's perverse evil because you'll catch it yourself. Right. So you're, you're obviously doing a lot of palpation without even having to touch. Um, <laughs> I think we'll all be familiar with that. I know. But um, let's take it towards the, the actual touching type of palpation. How much of this would you generally do in treatments? Um, uh, it's primary. Absolutely primary. Um, but the amount of time, for instance, that I would spend in conversation, meaning just conversation, there's no touching in them. Like, for instance, if they were, we were sitting across each other at a table, for instance, uh, is minimal. Um, it might be, you know, the first couple of minutes when the person comes in and you know, we introduce each other and, and so forth. Um, but most of the, the verbal conversation will occur um, uh, whilst they're on the bench um, and I'm either uh, palpating channels or, or feeling on the bladder channel, for instance, and then questions begin to emerge as um, I'm doing the uh, palpation on the body. Now, uh, if you ask where do I start um, and how do I do things, I'll be bluntly honest. I wouldn't have a freaking clue. <laughs> it depends on what on earth is going on at the time. So there's no, um, I don't think there's, there's probably a rhyme and reason for what I do, but if someone was to observe me, um, my guess is that they'd say, yesterday you started here, today you started over here, from there, here to there, from the arm to the, to, to the leg and so forth, it doesn't seem that you follow some sort of protocol that's repeatable every time. Um, and that doesn't happen. So from that point of view, it could be anywhere that I might look on the body, but it's done in conjunction with 
um, conversation and I want to detain by the person. I think sometimes um, I, I really agree with you, Peter, that there's no, you know, where do you start? I think you start at the beginning and where where the patient needs you to begin is going to be, you know, it's, it's different from patient to patient. There's no, there's no one right or wrong place to start at and I think often if you, um, if you remove all of your own judgments and your preconceptions that when you're standing when you're standing with the patient, you know, they're lying on the table and you're standing there with them and, you know, you might start by feeling their pulse, you might not, you might just automatically go to a scar or you might, you know, be drawn to sort of, you might not, not even know what's going on but you're touching their body in a particular yeah. place and that has meaning for them. Um, yeah. You know, it could be an old wound or, a, you know, a pain that started in response to, you know, an emotional stress. Um, and so I think that, yeah, I think that, that that experience of, you know, the practitioner experiencing the patient's energy and how, you know, how that happens with regards to palpation is, um, you know, that's definitely something that I think yes. evolves, evolves as you go as a practitioner. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the, the, I guess it, it also means that... Um, um, uh, sorry, let me go back a step. For me, the 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 um, actual palpation, whatever whatever meaning the hands-on that I might be doing, whether it's just running up and down the channel or feeling along particular muscle groups or whatever, is is uh, it, it it needs to be put into context, and the context is whatever um, was talked about um, beforehand and. The connection to the conversation that I'm carrying on with the person, plus I'm um, um, palpating along, along the body, or indeed doing doing some kind of therapeutic uh, physical work as well. So it's 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 always the relationship between the two, because oftentimes whatever I might ask or whatever might be said by the person. Um, is always linked to whatever it is that's going on in terms of um, me feeling my way along the, the body landscape, for instance. I find that's also uh, pretty interesting when they think they're saying something that's not related to their treatment. Yeah. With you on that day. Yeah. All, all, yeah. yeah. That and, and anything else that might happen as well. Um, so it, it means, in a sense, that um, you end up becoming especially sensitive. Um, to um, the body as they express various um, feelings or words or thoughts or ideas or expressions of their symptoms or anything else that might come up. Mm. Um, so that um, as you become particularly sensitive to that, then, then you know, it's like then me going, oh, I wonder what that means. Um, and I'll be again bluntly honest. There have been times when I haven't got a freaking clue what it means. Um, but you sort of chalk it down, and maybe sometime later it might make more sense uh, when I think about it, or, uh, or if I'm thinking about what I want to do in terms of making up some kind of uh, prescription for them, whether that's herbs or whatever. But um, I certainly will make lots of notes uh, like that in my um, uh, progress notes. Um, um, now I'm going off the point, but what I'm trying to say is also that I will um, document all of that 
And I usually documented as in diagrammatic form, Venn diagrams, all that kind of stuff. So if someone was to look at my progress notes, it would look like a chalk has been walking over it. <laughs> chalk pull marks over, over, over the progress notes. sheets. It would, it would, someone would have a real hard time trying to understand it. That sounds like a spleen pulse. Important, and then 
um, uh, the next step being, okay, um, maybe let's get you onto the to the bench, and um, I'm you know and I just joke so I'm going to do a bit of pushing and shoving on your body, and I feel feel more worried about what's going on, um, and they jump, get on, and I tend to. Um, uh, and the reason is because most people come in with aches and pains in their back, so I'll start on the, um, along the, um, the do my bloody channel points and so forth and, and feel along there as well as the leg. And it's from there that I could go anywhere. I could, we could get them to turn over. Who knows? It, it's just a hard one to say, but, but usually that gives me um, just an extra bit of insight into what's going on in relation to what I might be going back. I want to go back and talk a little bit more about the pulse, Peter. I think, I think um, in general, when people talk about palpation, they think about palpation. We f- we sometimes forget or overlook that the pulse is palpation. Yes, um, absolutely. And uh, one thing that I've, I guess, a little trick you would call it that I've developed over the years is that you know if I'm feeling on someone's pulse and there's something that really stands out to me that's out of balance. Often just in in conversation I might ask them, so say, for instance, someone's heart pulse is quite submerged or maybe even absent. Yeah. It might spark for me or prompt for me to ask them, you know, oh, you know, when are you going on holidays next or tell me about your children or, you know, try and ask them about something that might help to bring that heart energy to yeah. life and to bring that heart pulse up, and I then use that as a diagnosis yes. point as to you know, is it just simply a matter of thinking about something that makes you happy will bring your heart pulse back, or do I need to do something more? Is there any sort of little tricks that you've developed like that along the yeah, way? Yeah, yeah. Look, um, um, that one, uh, that's that's a well, I do that uh, two ways. One, just like one, unlike what you've just said. And also, um, uh, when uh, pal- literally palpating the body, the body along, along channels as well, so that and, and especially along um, along Dumai and the and the um, uh, points, also along the leg and so forth and arm. But I'll, I'll I'll definitely be looking for what I can pick up as changes uh, on the skin in the flesh, as I might ask them about. Um, uh, like what you just said, when you're going on your next holiday, um, can you tell me a little bit more of the your symptom of your headaches and so forth, and when you get them, etc. Can you just tell me a little bit more about that? Um, as soon as they do that, then I'll certainly be um, feeling the pulse and seeing how that changes, if it changes at all, and what what for me as I'm taking the pulse changes noticeably um, and, um, and then me taking note of whichever pulse seems to have changed um, whether in terms of it becomes more superficial or deep or, or runs away for instance um, as well as um, um, feeling along uh, along the channel as soon as I pick up those changes and that for me is an indication um, that I should not ignore how much of what you're picking up in someone's body relating to life topics that make them tense or, you know, mess with their chi, how much of that do you actually say to the patient, oh, look at that, you started talking about your job and your liver pulse ran away? 
Um, uh, <laughs> well, you've barely got ten, so... Yeah, that, that's a good question. I mean, um, I guess um, it depends on how confident you are in terms of wanting to give that kind of feedback um, and indeed the kind of language you choose to use in, in so far as the feedback that you give to the person. Um, so I, I guess in some ways, you know, there's, there's a need for some sensitivity from the practitioner's point of view in terms of kind of saying, you know, oh, this means this, you know, and they might freak out in terms of what you want to say. But uh, if I find something um, uh, that has that changes, particularly, uh, give an example would be if I palpate something on the on the bladder channel and I and I feel that it, um, there is change in the texture or in the feeling of the, of the flesh and so forth. If I can feel it, most times the patient will feel it as well. Um, and um, even just affirming that um, I felt something change or different on that spot might be just enough for the person to say, yeah, um, I felt something funny there too. Turn around and say, well, what was it? And that, opened, that, that can open the door to all sorts of other things. Mm-hmm. I think on other occasions it might be just nothing. Um, but um, uh, that's an example of one. Um, if it's in the pulse, um, uh, and again, depending on the context, if the person's come in and let's say um, that a significant component of the reason why that person is presented is because. Um, this uh, 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 for shame reasons. That, that's, let me just use that word. It's a fairly broad, broad enough word. Uh, or for reason, for emotional reasons. If that's the case, and I pick up something that um, where the pulse changes, then I might just go. I might just slip into and say, well, um, you know, uh, just pick on some of the emotions that might be related to the person's pain. You know, how much? What's their concentration like? What's their memory like? How much thinking have they been doing? Have they been thinking a lot about whatever? Um, and that might become um, the, the next step in terms of um, exploring that whole aspect. Mm. I think there's there's obviously um, so much that we're palpating that you've, you've made palpable for me so far before we even do any touching. And then um, yeah. from there on in, we're really just, you know, honing in on... on um, what's being presented to us and I think the patients seem to have a kind of intelligence whereby they start showing us things as soon as they arrive even if they don't realise. Yeah, I guess guess to go back to the beginning, it's it's, um, uh, the idea of um, palpation um, or or touch um, is, is kind of something that uh, very likely, at least from what I've read, it's something that that, um, we as Westerners are more prepared to do Um, because we're a lot more touchy-feely than than other people. So that, um, for instance, um, maybe I'm creating straw dogs now, but um, uh, for Chinese people, or from what I've read, at least from what Kleiman's read, Taking the pulse is pretty fine, and that's all you need to do. But if you were to, if you were going to do some um, palpatory work along the rest of the body, that might be just too much of an ask. Um, but from a Western point of view, we're much happier, and people are um, 
um, allow a practitioner to feel and prod and all that kind of stuff over the body, as well as talk more. So um, there's a lot more talk in our in our sort of uh, clinical encounters um, in the West, as well as touch, which means therefore we have a really strong um, uh, potential to develop the link between um, touching and talking, and then making a story out of that. Um, and, and it's the story that we're trying to, at least from my point of view, trying to get a, get the, the person's story um, that then I, which I then can turn into something that has some sense for me in terms of me turning it into a TCM um, TCM story. Yeah. Doesn't happen all the time, um, but um, uh, there's there's plenty there that allows that to happen because one of the things about TCM is that um, for me is that because um, it it doesn't get hit up about the mind body split. Um, it also, uh, for one and two, it's got a really nice frame of reference to include all sorts of things that at, 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 at um, kind of at, uh, first inspection or at the you know, first level don't appear to be connected. TCM gives us that, that ability to link all sorts of things that are, you know, at face value seem totally unconnected. Um, and when we can make those connections, it's really useful for us as a practitioner, but it's also really useful for the patient because then you can give them back the story saying, hey, you've got A, B, C and D and these things are collected, they're connected. Um, and if you can give it to them in a fairly simple way, um, even that um, in, a, in and of itself can be therapeutic for the person because then they turn in and say, oh my God, yeah, it's that bloody simple. Uh, why, didn't that, why didn't someone else tell me that before? <laughs> Absolutely, I think, and I think that's the beauty of um, of our medicine is that those links are very obvious to us, and that we can um, we can help a patient to become more connected with themselves by showing them those links. Yeah, yeah just a story. A, a simple yeah. link like that, just a simple explanation. Yeah. Um, uh, which I think TCM knows how to do, mm. um, meaning it can it can it can offer meaning that I or you as a practitioner can offer to the other person a really simple one-sentence statement, for instance, about what it is that's going on, and, th and then the person listening says, oh, mm. you know, and, and you don't need to give them um, a freaking story about she and blood and all that kind of stuff. You can give it back to them in, in, in terms of a really simple story about what's going on. Yeah, and I think that leads into the healing application of being able to name things. You know, if you're feeling all messed up and you don't know what it is and then you go, oh, I'm angry, then suddenly the anger goes, yes, finally, you're hearing me, let's do something. Yeah, something like that, yes. Yeah. <laughs> or, or indeed um, that that irritability or anger or whatever it is appears to be connected to those other bits and pieces that were touched upon mm -hmm. visually and metaphorically um, um, as we went through the, the, that, that, uh, the, the encounter itself. Because mm. then, then um, the opportunity is there for me to give that person feedback by saying, this is what I found and this is the connection between what you expressed about your um, you know, irritability or anger or upsetness and uh, we, we are picking it up in your feet or we are picking it up in your bum.
um, or you know, on the on the side of your head. It reminds me of the old, you know, the stories about the blind practitioners being trained in parts of Asia. Um, you know, like almost like you're reading the braille on their body, mm. and then being able to, you know, like a good editor distill it into a really good summary and then read it back yes. to them. Yeah. And that yeah. creates a healing process. Yeah, I, I can. Um, um, for me now, um, where I'm at, I can. I can. I think. Sorry, I should say. I think that um, in terms of what I can say, where I'm, that what I've learned from TCM now is that is is actually getting simpler. Yeah. When I, when I first started, it was complete mumbo jumbo. <laughs> Um, uh, and, and I can remember really in, in the early days, I, I used to keep meticulous notes, OCD type, and I in fact was looking at my, some of my original cards of um, 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 diagnosis cards when I first started, and they were utterly meticulous, full of it. And I remember looking at them and, and, and going, how the hell did I make sense of what I was writing? It was as if I was just copying down verbatim everything that I could possibly find in that person. And then looking at it, I thought, um, it was just gobbledygook. <laughs> Total gobbledygook. And in fact, I reckon I fluked my way through my first few years. I'm quite, um, I'm quite open and honest about that. I reckon I, um, uh, my first few years were just flukes. I think it's I think it's a valuable thing to share because I think a lot of practitioners who've been in practice for a while, you know, I, I certainly have a similar sentiment to my first my first couple of years out, just thinking, oh man, how did I how did that work out? Yeah. Um, and I think that's a valuable thing for some of the graduates who might be listening to us and the students who are listening to us, thinking, you know, how is how am I going to be able to make this work as a career? Is that you know, if, if you just stick with it, then um, it all comes together, and it continues to come together more and more the longer mm. you do it, and the less you know. Yeah, it's yeah, better actually. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> wow, well, it's been great talking to you today, Peter. Thank you, Thank you for your time. It's been um, it's been a great oh, chat. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh. Thank you, Peter, for being on the Thank show. You very much. It's been great chatting with you. If anybody wants to find Peter, um, it's the Three Lanterns Clinic in Melbourne. And do you have a website, Peter? Yes, we do. What's can you just uh, type in Three Lanterns and you'll get there straight away? Okay, Three Lanterns. Great. So, uh, if anybody wants to contribute to the discussion about palpation on our Facebook page, you can do so. Um, and thank you for listening to my podcast today. And hope you enjoyed it. Ciao for now. Bye. Ciao, everybody. Thank you very much.